I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 830 on Monday, December 30th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, members of PERS may now be eligible to serve as legislators while maintaining their retirement. Plus, advice on some end-of-the-year tax-friendly giving. Then, after bite-sized tech, making and keeping those New Year fitness resolutions. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A rule change by the public employee retirement system allows Mississippi state agency and public school retirees to continue collecting pension benefits while also being paid to serve in the state legislature. Ray Higgins is the executive director of PERS. He explains the change with our Kobe Vance. Well, what this would mean, assuming we don't receive anything, any new word or different word from the IRS, would be at some point in the future, uh, once they're a PERS retiree, after they have... Um, uh, had a bona fide break in service, and that's very important. You must have a true bona fide separation from service, and by that I mean uh, that true retirement, that true separation. The IRS requires that, and then state law defines that time period as 90 days. So at some point in the future, once they have that true break in service, then they could potentially run for and serve in the legislature without um, uh, a suspension or anything of their PERS benefit. Do you have an estimated idea of what this could mean for Mississippians who would lose their benefits if they ran for office? Well, I think the main uh, impact is that those retirees who have retired from from PERS service, which is often state service or could be a local school system or superintendent or or whatever it may be, in the past may have been prohibited – uh, not prohibited from serving in the legislature, because uh, they could always serve in the legislature, uh, but they may have to return back to active service to do that. Whereas in this case, they could potentially, under certain parameters, unless we hear back differently from the IRS, could serve in the legislature and maintain their retirement. Ray Higgins is the executive director of PERS. The Parents Campaign is a public school advocacy organization. Executive Director Nancy Loom tells MPB's Kobe Vance the rule change could encourage retired teachers to run for legislative office. 
Well, the policy that had been in place, the PERS policy that had been in place, discouraged state retirees from serving in the legislature. And and, and that includes educators, retired educators. <clears throat> These are people who are some of the most knowledgeable about the issues facing Mississippians that are um, that are the kind of the subject of policy decisions that legislators make. Um, the, they are writing laws that govern the the day-to-day activities of these state agencies. And so to exclude all of those people who are some of the, the most knowledgeable is really a great disservice. It also uh, eliminates a tremendous segment of Mississippi's voting population from being able to serve in the legislature. And so it just makes sense. Other states have always allowed their state retirees to serve in the legislature and draw their retirement, and it makes sense that Mississippi would do the same. State legislators don't earn enough in salary for a person to be able to pay their bills if they don't have another source of income. And so effectively saying you can't draw your retirement and serve in the legislature um, was, was blocking all those people, hundreds of thousands of people from serving in the legislature. And what – I know like um, as far as state employees go, probably some of the strongest state employees uh, or the largest group of state employees is teachers. What would it mean for Mississippi if – when teachers start to fill up these seats in state legislature? Well, what that means is that we will have people who understand what happens in our classrooms, what our teachers and students need from the legislature to be successful. And so it is going to yield better education policy, certainly. And that is something that we're really excited about. Going forward, um, what do you think this is going to mean for the state? What do you think... um what do you think Mississippi is going to get out of this change that allows more people to serve in state legislature? You know, the more folks that are able to run for the legislature, and particularly this very knowledgeable group of people who really understand state policy, um, the more people we have in that regard who are able to run for the legislature, the better legislature we are going to have. Um, it's good to have competition for these seats. It, I think it makes people more thoughtful about the policy that they, the decisions that they make, and I think it yields better legislation. So we're very, very pleased. We um, are grateful to Senator Norwood for requesting the opinion. We're grateful to the Attorney General for the opinion that he issued, and we're grateful to the PERS board that they are complying with that and paving the way for more people to be eligible to serve in the legislature. Nancy Loom is the Executive Director of the Parents' Campaign. Coming up, advice on some end-of-the-year tax-friendly giving. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. What are the top 10 ways to listen to MPB Think Radio? Number 10, the iHeartRadio app. Number 9, TuneIn Radio. Number 8, Amazon Alexa. Number 7, Google Home. Number 6, Deezer. What's a Deezer? Number 5, Spotify. Number 4, Stitcher. Number 3, YouTube. To listen to a radio station? Yeah, all the kids do that now. Number 2, Apple. And the number one way to listen to MPB Think Radio? The MPB Public Media app. Free in the iTunes and Google Play Store. What about just over the radio in the car? Yeah, you can do that too. 
This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. There are only two days left to make charitable donations for the 2019 tax year. But how can you make sure you're donating in the most tax-friendly way? Dr. Nancy Anderson is president of New Perspectives. She talks with MPB's Michael Guidry about ways to sensibly give. Well, when it comes to charitable giving, uh, and of course, this is this is the fun part of our job, to help people give away money um, because it becomes such a joy if you've done things right and you've saved and you want to make those donations, and many of our clients do. And so our job is to try to help them do it in the most tax-efficient way possible. And so there are many ways to do it. You can just write a check, you know, cash, whatever. Um, but the problem with that is we've had a change in the tax law, and there's been an increase in the standard deduction, which means for a lot of people, especially people who are retired, and a lot of them have already paid off their house, so they don't even have mortgage interest to deduct, those de- uh, donations don't amount to as much as their standard deduction. So we're looking for different ways for them to give away things. Uh, a main way to do it is to give away appreciated investments. So if they purchased a stock for $10 a share and now the stock is worth $20 a share, instead of selling the stock and declaring a $10 a share capital gain, which they have to pay tax on, we can give the stock directly to the charitable organization. And um, most charities understand how this works. And uh, what we do is we call their um, financial directors, and we just ask for their brokerage information. And that means our clients then have to sign a letter saying, today that stock is in my account. I want you to send that stock to this charitable organization to their account. And it just pops over. And the person making the donation, giving the stock away, gets the credit for the full value of the stock without having to declare the capital gain. So that's a perfect way to do it. So they they get credit for the appreciated value of that stock. Yeah, yeah. Without having to pay anything without on it. Without having to pay that capital gains tax, which is great. Um, we also have people who are older and have IRAs, retirement accounts, and because they're over seventy and a half, they have to take required minimum distributions. This is a calculation based on the value of the account and their age, and they have to take out this exact amount based on IRS rulings. If they don't, there's a 50% penalty. If they take out $10,000 in an RMD, a required minimum distribution, that's $10,000 of income that they'll have to pay tax on. But if they want to give $1,000 to their church, for instance, they can take 1000 of that 10000 and give it directly to the church. You have to sign special forms to do that. And it has to be a recognized charity by the IRS all churches would would uh, fulfill that, and uh, we send it directly to them. So now they only have nine thousand of income, and they've done their one thousand donation. So it's a perfect way to use up those RMDs. And then, what about people who you know just are in the the charitable spirit around Christmas and the New Year, which they, we hope they are. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they, I mean they don't have stock. They're they're not retired. They're not they're not depending on that um, on an IRA or four hundred one k. But they they want to give. What are some of the things they need to look for when deciding who to 
give their charitable giving to if they want to be able to then turn around and write that off come the new year? Well, first, they need to make sure that it is a recognized charity that is called a 501c3. All churches will qualify for that. Um, So any donation you make to your church, you need to ask for some sort of receipt or some record showing your donation, and you will be able to then list that on your taxes. Again, you have to look at um, that standard deduction for a single person that is now 12,000 for a married couple, it's 24,000. So you're going to need to have more than that in order for it to really be worth your while to keep up with all of those donations and put them on the itemized form. Um, Another thing we do is something I call lumpy charity. And uh, again, this goes back to this change in the tax law. And for a lot of people, okay, I don't have 24,000 for a couple, but maybe I would have enough over five years' time. And so if you think in terms of five years, and my family did this, we thought about what would we give over four or five years, and we're going to donate that full amount in one year, but we're going to have to do it into something called a donor-advised fund. And this is going to be through usually a broker, and it's set up, and you put the money in there. And once you put it in there, the year you put it in, you get the full donation. So four or five years worth in one year, packed in that one year, that will exceed your standard deduction. It's a real plus. But then for the next few years, as long as there's money there, you just send them a notice saying, hey, I want to send, you know, a couple thousand to my church. I need to send another 500 uh, to another organization. And as long as those are recognized charities, they will send that money out and it will continue until the money's gone. Nancy Anderson is the president of New Perspectives. Coming up after Bite Size Tech, making and keeping those New Year fitness resolutions. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi guys, this is Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm inviting you to tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for quick, easy ways to incorporate healthy lifestyle into your daily routine. Be sure to tune in Mondays at 11 for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. There is a robot cat that you can now back on Kickstarter. Sling TV just raised its prices, and Instagram will now warn you before you post an offensive caption. I'm Jay White, and here is this week's Bite Size Tech. Instagram will begin warning users when their photo captions, quote, may be considered offensive. This could give users a useful redo before posting something perpetually regretful. The process will work via certain keywords or phrases pinging built-in artificial intelligence. The threshold of what will be considered offensive by the AI will be a database of what captions have been reported to the app as bullying. That AI is also alleged to be able to recognize different ways that people usually rewrite offensive words to get around language filters, like putting spaces or periods between letters or words, or replacing certain letters with punctuation marks. If your caption draws a warning from Instagram, you still have the right to post the remarks. However, if the post violates Instagram's terms of service, it will be removed. The new feature began rolling out to users in mid-December. Sling announced a week ago that it is moving on up with its prices. 
all three tiers of the service are getting a $5 a month bump. The blue and orange tiers, which are fairly limited with between 30 and 40 channel options, will now begin at $30 a month. The highest tier, which combines the blue and orange channels, will now be $45 a month. Cable cutters may now be in on that secret that the whole idea of cutting the cable was just duping you into paying Peter instead of Paul, as it were. Sling's price jump joins their successful streaming TV brethren, YouTube TV and Hulu Live TV, with price hikes in the last year. In April, Google announced a whopping 25% monthly cost increase for the burgeoning YouTube TV, hiking the price from $40 to $50 a month. And in November, Disney-owned Hulu followed suit with an identical $10 a month rate hike from $45 to $55 a month. After all these hikes, Sling is still the cheapest option, but that $5 or $10 difference between the three could be negligible depending on what features you like from your favorite service. And it should be noted at this point that you can get the 125-plus channel lineup in the mid-tier Xfinity TV package. That's right, an actual cable company for $60 a month. Finally, Elephant Robotics is working on getting the cat lovers of the world an answer to Sony's robot dog. A robotic feline named Mars Cat is on the way, and you could support the project on Kickstarter now. Mars Cat looks robotic and will not be fooling their owners into thinking it's the real thing, but it may be just as cute and less cantankerous than some real cats can be. Mars Cat can emulate real cats by batting at toys, stretching its front feet out, and even letting you rub it on the chin. Your interactions with Mars Cat will shape its personality. If you talk more to your cat, it will meow back more often in response, and the cat will recognize 20 different behavior keywords. The cats will come in black, white, gray, and ginger. And if you get on the Kickstarter, you can get this robot kitty for just $650. $650. When Mars Cat hits the retail market in full, the price will be $1,300, which is still far cheaper than Sony's robotic dog, Ibo, which is available now and will cost you just $2,899.99. Also, you could just go adopt a real pet. For more tech news, fixes, insight, and more, listen to MPB's Everyday Tech. The show is on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the MPB Public Media app. Free in the iTunes and Google Play stores. And the show airs live Wednesdays at 10, right here on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A 2018 survey conducted by NPR and the Marist Poll concluded that 44% of American adults will make a New Year's resolution. Many of those resolutions are health and fitness related. But studies also indicate a significant number of those resolutions fail within four to six weeks. We talked to Dr. Josie Bidwell of our own Southern Remedy about how to make and maintain realistic resolutions. You know, I encourage people to make small changes and make small goals instead of going, well, I'm just not going to have cake in 2020. That's not going to happen. You know, I mean, at some point you're going to have something like that. And when you 
make blanket statements like that or you make very large, wide sweeping um, resolutions, you're really kind of setting yourself up for failure there. So, you know, take a look at your what you're wanting to work on. Maybe it's weight loss and set a very achievable, realistic goal for that. And so for normally, I usually recommend about 5% of total body weight for the, that initial weight loss goal, right? So if you weigh, you know, 200 pounds, then, you know, 10% of that is 20 and 5% of that would be 10. So that initial weight loss goal would be 10 pounds, right? And then in a realistic time frame. Not, Instead of saying 50 pounds, I want to lose right, 50 pounds. Right, or 100 pounds or, you know, 150 pounds, whatever it is. And then make sure that you're giving yourself the appropriate amount of time to do that. Right. I usually like to set folks up on a plan that will get them somewhere between a half a pound to a pound of weight loss per week. And I usually back a lot of folks will say one to two pounds per week is healthy weight loss. And it is. Um, But you're going to lose more some weeks and not as much the next week. And so people tend to get discouraged if they don't hit that two pound mark this week. So I give us a nice, lenient range of about a half a pound to a pound a week. And so if you're talking 10 pounds, then, you know, we're talking several months to lose that 10 pounds. So it's a much slower rate of weight loss. But, you know, I say slow and steady wins that race. And so making those really realistic, achievable goals when you get there doesn't mean you don't write another goal. Doesn't mean you don't go, okay, well, I want to lose another 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. What about exercise with that? Is that going to help you lose more weight? Is it essential to losing weight? It is essential to good health, right? Which is really what we're trying to um, achieve when we say weight loss, right? And that's usually what I try and get people to, to boil down to their why. Aside from physical appearance, why do you think you should lose weight? Right. And so it may be so my knees don't hurt or so I can come off a of blood pressure medicine or I can get my blood sugar under control. All of those different kinds of things are our ultimate goal that we're wanting. And weight loss is just a step. And so exercise is just a step in that process as well to overall health. When we move more, we get tons of benefits that are not just weight loss. We and get whether in, you lose weight or not, you're still right, getting benefits. Absolutely. From you're improving mental health. You're improving blood flow to the tissues. You're improving blood sugar metabolism to a certain degree as well because you're using it up. And so even if the scale doesn't move, if we're regularly physically active, we're healthier overall than if we were just sedentary. Then let's talk about that. Do I need to join a gym on January oh, 2nd? Heck no. Don't do it on January 2nd because it's going to be packed <laughs> and it's flu season. So you're just going <laughs> to leave with the sniffles. Uh, if you want to go to the gym on January 2nd, you're more than welcome to. But a fitness plan does not have to occur inside of a gym, um, you know. Think of an activity that you enjoy because that's what we want to do with physical activity is find something that we enjoy that we're not seeing as a punishment, right? Like you will not see me doing burpees, but I do enjoy dancing. That's why Zumba is my, you know, my fitness brand of choice. But, you know, I have folks who really love swimming and water aerobics. And so that's the plan that we pick for them or just plain walking if that's something that you enjoy or biking, you know. Anything that you that gets you up off your bum and moving around is what we want 
to encourage, you know, so it doesn't have to be in a gym, even if you're wanting to do muscle strengthening, which I encourage you to do. We tend to focus on cardio, but the muscle strengthening piece is just as important. But your body weight makes an excellent counterweight for exercise. It is helping you to strengthen your muscles. And so, you know, if you go to the Southern Remedy part of MPB online, we have a resistance program on there or a muscle strengthening program on there that is completely at home using your own body weight that you can use to design your own little program at home, as well as using some items around your house, like uh, a can of beans or a can of string beans. Those are 15.8 ounces, which are right at a pound. So if you use a you know can of beans, then that's like having a one pound weight. You know, or if you take a milk jug and you fill it up with water, that's adding a little bit more weight there, depending on how full you fill it or what size carton you use. Um, I've even used pantyhose as resistance bands before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just got to get creative and look around your house at things that you can can use. Josie Bidwell is an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and the host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit every Monday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.